Uh, today, uh, we're looking at the reality of what does it mean for my home uh, to be a place of worship. Our passage of scripture you've heard already read is from Joshua chapter 24 verses uh, 14 to 18 if you want to turn in your Bibles and have that uh, open and ready to follow along. Uh, Joshua 24 verses uh, 14 to 18. Uh, in 1939, when a tornado rips through Kansas, uh, Dorothy and her dog Toto are whisked away in their house to the magical land of Oz. They follow the yellow brick road towards the Emerald City to meet the wizard. And en route, they meet a scarecrow that needs a brain, a tin man missing a heart, and a cowardly lion who wants courage. They are looking for the wizard for help, and Dorothy is trying to find her way back home. Of course, that movie is the famous movie, The Wizard of Oz. But the reason why I bring it up today is there's a statement that comes from that movie. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. And how true that is in this mandate now to stay home because of this pandemic. We too know there is no place like our home. A few decades ago, the Church of the Nazarene had a slogan, something uh, promotional material that was all around. And, and it was, our church can be your home. Of course, that's true. It was uh, trying to get across this idea that we want you to feel welcomed and at home when you come to church. But we're living in a day when the, the absolute opposite is true. The reverse is true. Our home has become now our church. Our homes have become our place of worship, which we see today as we record this service and you are watching it in the comfort of your own home. Jack read our scripture this morning for us from Joshua 24, 14 to 18. And this old general Joshua was 100 plus years old and his time on earth is almost over. And so now he's delivering his last words to his people. After wandering with the Israelites for 40 years, leading them, crossing over into the promised land and fighting all the enemies and shaping them now into a new nation, <clears throat> what was most pressing, the most pressing thing on Joshua's mind was once again to gather his people and call them to a deeper commitment. He first spoke to the leaders and then we come to our verses where now he calls out to all of the people. If serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. If serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. See, Joshua knew once again it was time to draw a line in the sand. He was calling them to a place of decision. Choose whom you will serve, whether it's God or someone or something else. It's interesting, he calls them back into this very place that they have uh, made a renewal of the covenant when they got into the promised land. And now he is taking them to that place where we'll see uh, later on in this chapter, they renew their covenant with God again. But if our homes are to be places of worship, then we have to ask that question today, whom do we serve? 
Whom do we serve in our homes? I think there are things that we can learn and apply from this passage uh, this morning that would help us. Whether we're isolated with our family or isolated with our spouse, or even this morning if you're listening and you're living all alone, we have choices to make. Our homes are now a place of worship. And our homes need to be godly. And these places that need to be godly start with, as this passage say, a reverence for God. Uh, Verse 14, uh, Joshua says, Now therefore fear the Lord. Some passages say reverence the Lord. I like what Matthew Henry says, Keep up the awe of his majesty. Keep up the awe of his majesty. See, usually when we think of those kinds of words, we think about um, Il Duomo, which was seen by many in Milan last Sunday, or we think about uh, a church building, and we think about the awe and the glory of the Lord. But the truth is, as our homes are these places of worship, God's glory wants to show up right there today in your home. And so we need to fear the Lord. We need to revere the Lord and to keep up the awe of his majesty. You need to be resolved that your family and you are going to choose God. Verse 15, he said, choose you this day whom you will serve. See, ultimately, it is your choice. It's always been your choice. And even Jesus said, come follow me. For us to be followers of Jesus is a choice. There was a day when we chose him as our Lord and Savior and chose to follow him. And so even in this passage in the Old Testament, Joshua is saying to the Israelites, it is your choice today. Do you choose God? See, it's not imposed upon us. It's not forced upon us. It is ultimately a choice. And we saying today, I choose. And isn't that interesting? He says, choose, but choose today whom you're going to serve. See, the tendency is if we don't make that decision today, we put it off for tomorrow or next week or next month, and it never happens. And so in our homes today, we need to make that choice today. We will serve the Lord. What are you choosing? He says, today, choose whom you will serve. See, it's not enough to know what's right. It's not enough to even be able to memorize scripture and quote it. Many of us have been raised in godly homes and know the right way to follow and serve the Lord. And yet we choose not to because the truth this morning is it's the principles have very little value if we're not prepared to live by them. I know a lot of families that know all the rights and wrongs, but they choose not to live them. And maybe not in their homes. Notice carefully that Joshua did not say, choose you this day whether or not you will go to church. (laughs) He says, today, choose whom you will serve. Interesting, the word here, serve, is said over seven times in just those couple verses of 14, 15. That word serve means to work and labor Actually, the Hebrew root word is also the word to obey. And so today, uh, Joshua is challenging us to obey God. Do we obey God in our homes? Notice that Joshua does not say, choose if you will serve God, but rather whom you will serve. 
See, the truth of it is that everyone will serve someone or something. You have to ask yourselves the question this morning, who or what am I serving? Who are we serving as a family? Because we're all called to serve God right in our homes. My home has become a place of worship. You see, the truth this morning is uh, really godliness starts right in our hearts, doesn't it? It starts right here. It's a personal thing. It has to start internally in a life that has been changed, a heart that's been changed as we looked at last weekend and the beauty of our Lord's sacrifice and the empty tomb and his resurrection. That it's all been about a life, a heart that has changed. And so it starts internally in our hearts. But then it needs to be lived out in our homes and lived out in our everyday lifestyle. And then we bring it into a place of corporate worship. Now, we're not able to do the corporate worship right now, but for too long, people have thought of it reversed. Somehow they thought when we gathered in corporate worship in the church, it was the responsibility for the worship team or for us as pastors to whip them up ready to worship God. And the truth of it is that is all reversed because worship starts in the home. Worship starts in our hearts. It starts in our family. It is something that is part of who we are, our DNA as a family now, if we are in Christ. And we carry it forth from our home out. It's a lifestyle that is lived 24-7. And so as we get to gather again as a church of Jesus Christ, we look forward to that day. But you bring Christ into church with you because you've been worshiping him all week at home. There's a story of a little girl was sitting on some luggage in a hotel lobby and a lady began to talk to her and she asked, is your family here visiting someone? And the little girl said, no, we're going to have to live in this hotel until we can find a house to live in. My daddy got a new job and we must just moved here. And the lady said, oh, it's too bad you don't have a home. The little girl quickly responded, oh, we have a home. We just don't have a house to put it in. And so it's so true for us as we gather now in all of our homes worshiping God. We all have a home. We're at home with God. And someday we'll be able to worship in his house again together, praise God. But a godly home involves, somebody said, three Ps. (laughs) Purity, purging, and praise. See, see, there's purity. There, there has to be this aspect that daily, as individuals and as a family, and even as a couple, we come and we ask the Lord to cleanse us and purify us. And it has to be that internal cleansing of the heart and the mind. We come before God with clean hands and pure hearts. If our homes are this place of worship, then it needs to be a place that is purified so that God can dwell with us and his presence can be with us. But it's also a place where we need to purge. Now, I know there's a lot of people that have been using this time that they're at home to do great deep down spring cleaning. That's not what I'm necessarily talking about, though that's not a bad thing. Verse 14, Joshua says, Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve the Lord. So what is he saying? He says it's time to clean house. 
It's time to look at those things that have been carried over, uh, that we have carried into our lives from past family and traditions. It's those things that we have brought into our homes that we wouldn't want God to see. It's those things that we have become idols. What is really an idol? An idol is something in your life that takes the place of God. And so now that our homes have been forced to become a place of worship, I believe there's something very, very positive that can come from this, that the Lord can give us wisdom to look at our lives and look at our families and begin to clean up those things that should be given to the Lord. What idols would you have in your life today that maybe would need to be thrown out, that you need to get rid of, in order that your home would be a place that would honor God? We've been asking this question to each other. What will it be like when this pandemic is all over? Will all the changes and the amazing things that God has been able to do in our lives, will it be lost, forgotten? In some ways, I'm I'm hoping and praying that the changes that God's been doing and working in our homes and our lives, that they will bring forth much fruit for his kingdom. And so our homes are a place of purity and we're to purge the idols And it's also a place of praise. You know, I I, I often think about the beauty of praise music, how it lightens the soul. This is not easy days. It's not easy, especially for those that are all alone in their homes. I want to encourage you to take time daily to worship the Lord. Put on some praise music. Maybe you can't even sing a tune. It won't matter because nobody else will hear you anyway. But he hears you and appreciates the praise. But what does this godly home include? Verse 14, Joshua says, But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Notice he first starts with I, me. See, there has to be a conviction, a settling in our own hearts, especially the leaders of a household, that we are going to serve the Lord. I'm going to serve the Lord. We are going to serve the Lord. But it continually starts first with that singular person and then moves wider into our whole household. And then the household together, the entire household, can make this decision together. We are going to serve the Lord as a whole family. So here we are, as I bring this to a close. We're living in a day where now my home has become a place of worship. I I want to encourage the formers today. Who are those? Those are the ones that would say, Pastor, there was a day when I served the Lord. There was a day when I was faithful. There was a day when I would do all these things in my home, and I am no longer doing that. I'm a former. I formerly used to do. I want to encourage you today. Today, it's not too late. You can choose once again to serve the Lord. So this coronavirus, we've heard this stay home and stay safe. And once again, we would say like Dorothy, there is no place like home, no place like home. While there is no such thing as a perfect home or a perfect family, we can have a godly home and a godly family, a place of worship. Godly homes are built by individuals and families who decide that they are going to live for God and serve the Lord Jesus 
to the best of their abilities. We sang about our Lord who served us. Jesus said he came to serve and not be served. John 1 tells us that Jesus himself made a home with us. Jesus pitched his tent. We're told that he became the word and he dwelt among us. He tabernacled in our midst. He pitched his tent, as Eugene Peterson says, among us. God came to us and came home with mankind. Jesus also said that when he returned to the Father, that he was going, he was leaving, but he was going to prepare a place for us. He also talked about that in my Father's house are many rooms. In that mansion, there are many rooms. That he would one day come back to us and take us at home with him, his eternal home, our eternal home. But there's one passage in particular that I wanted to end with today. And I think it's very important. It comes from Revelation 3.20. And you know, it's interesting because often we talk about Jesus knocking at the door, your heart's door. And it is true, uh, the Lord wants to be the Lord and Savior of your life. That needs to be settled first before any of this. That you have allowed him to come in and clean your life, become your Lord and Savior. But truthfully, if we're to take this scripture in the proper context, Jesus is knocking on the door of the church in Laodicea, asking to be welcomed in, invited in. This is what he says to that church. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and them with me. Isn't that a beautiful passage? I want us to close our eyes for a moment and picture how Jesus is not knocking on the door of this building in Elmsdale at the corner of Western Road and Dock Road. That's not what I want you to picture this morning. I want you to picture at this moment Jesus outside the door of your home. Right there where you're at and he is knocking on your door and he is asking if he is welcome to enter in would you choose to allow him in this morning would you invite him into your home your place of worship would you respond as Joshua did I pray that's your prayer today as for me and my house we will serve the Lord. My grandmother, many, many years ago, I wasn't very old, I opened up her family Bible and found this poem. It's one of my favorite poems. It's an old poem. It's actually over 60 years old. So you'll understand with some of the wording that it is an older poem written many years ago by Lois Blanchard Aids. And it's called, If Jesus Came to Your House. If Jesus came to your house to spend a day or two, if he came unexpectedly, I wonder what you would do. Oh, I know you'd give your nicest room to such an honored guest, and all the food you serve to him would be the very best. And you would keep assuring him you're glad to have him there, that serving him in your own home is just beyond compare. But when you saw him coming, would you meet him at the door with arms outstretched and welcome to your heavenly visitor? 
Or would you have to change your clothes before you let him in? Or hide the, some magazines and put the Bible where they had been? Would you turn off the radio and hope he hadn't heard? And wish you didn't, hadn't uttered that last loud hasty word? Would you hide your worldly music and put some hymn books out? Could you let Jesus walk right in or would you rush about? And I wonder if the Savior spent a day or two with you, would you go right on doing the things you always do? Would you go on right on saying the things you always say? Would life for you continue as it does from day to day? Would your family conversation keep up its usual pace? And would you find it hard each meal to say a table grace? Would you sing the songs you always sing and read the books you read and let him know the things on which your mind and spirit feed? Would you take Jesus with you everywhere you plan to go? Or would you maybe change your plans for just a day or so? Would you be glad to have him meet your closest friends or would you hope they'd stay away until his visit ends? Would you be glad to have him stay forever on and on? Or would you sigh with great relief when he at last was gone? It might be interesting to know the things that you would do if Jesus Christ in person came to spend some time with you. Let's pray. Father, we... We're kind of thrown into this today. None of us saw this coming that all of a sudden we would be having to worship in our homes. We long again, Lord, to enter into your courts to be able to have corporate worship and gather in the places we have set apart, uh, these buildings we call church. But ultimately we know, we've heard it and we know it today, that we are the church We've been saying as a church that we are the church gathered, and then when we're separated, we're still the church. We're just the church scattered. And Lord, I pray for our church today and anyone that would be listening in, that you would allow us to understand that our homes now have become a place of worship. And they were always to be a place of worship, but somehow we thought worship was something we did on Sundays and it was in a special building and then we just left it and then it would, uh, you know, we just would forget about it. But you have brought us back to the reality that worship starts in our hearts and starts right in our homes, in our relationships, in our families, and then is taken out. And so, Lord, I pray for individuals that are listening in today that has been a long time since Jesus has been invited into their heart. It's been a long time since Jesus has been invited into their home, been invited into their marriage, been invited into their family. Lord, I pray that they would have the gusto, the boldness to say today, no matter what other people say and what other people do, that they would have the boldness to say, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. And may it be so, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.